Today's topic can be tied into episode 5 of Play On Gamer, which was about Resident Evil 7 Cloud Edition, brought to the Nintendo Switch by Capcom and, and Ubitus in an unusual way. Yes, it's common to release new titles as digital-only titles, such as Ninja Theory did with Hellblade on the PlayStation 4, or the Microsoft Xbox One game Cuphead. To release a console game that's already on all platforms, except for one, which would be the Nintendo Switch, and then release it as a internet streaming release on the Switch is my way of making you, the listener, know that I find this release of Resident Evil 7 to be very surprising. Could this be a look into the future of gaming, which is not on a physical medium, such as a Blu-ray disc or downloaded to a home to a hard drive? Game data rendered on remote servers via internet streaming, which is then sent to an internet connected device. This is known as cloud gaming. This isn't new stuff if you heard of OnLive. Sony acquired important parts of OnLive, which make up PlayStation Now. PlayStation Now is a cloud gaming service which brings a selection of PlayStation games to other PlayStation consoles and Windows PC. So now in 2018, it hurts me to say we might be in the final years of the home console made by the game manufacturers who also made the game handhelds and the arcade machines. We are heading into the future where probably the phone manufacturers and the telecoms are going to be the chiefs of entertainment. Cloud technology. No download, no installation, instant play on any device that can be connected to the internet. Now let's look into data released by Ubitus. I have a tinyurl.com link for you to uh, go to. So tinyurl.com forward slash Y is in yellow, B K J B H five W. Once you uh, hit that link, scroll down to uh, the middle of the page, you're gonna see this uh, image of a chart. It's going to say uh, per capita spending on uh, on video games in the U.S. by revenue model. Now, according to the data found on that um, chart, you know, arcades dominated. Very few people went to retail to buy a home console in the 1980s. Very few people would spend $10 at retail, but would spend 10 bucks at the arcade. The data lists better screens, better graphics, better controllers as reasons. Um, according to the data, retail gains in the 1990s. Uh, in 1990, this is the year where many of the millennials of today, including myself, got their first console. I got the SNES in, uh, I believe, 1991. Many others got the Genesis in either... Um, 89 or 91 many people imported the even imported the SNES in 1990 um, in Japan you had the Neo Geo Neo Geo which was released in 1990 and um, the Neo Geo uh, you know it set itself apart from everybody else it was basically um, 
you had the um the arcade um division and you had the home division of uh neo of snk but basically they made this uh home console which offered arcade perfect ports for its um home console the games they cost a lot of they cost a lot of money it was like hundreds of dollars for these games but you got arcade perfect ports at home and the system itself was probably like 600 bucks if i recall now around this time in the 90s many people started going to the video stores to rent games around this time i saw a lot of blockbusters were opening up in canada a lot of uh video 99 if you if you live in southern ontario when i say video 99 you would probably understand i i think they also went by a different um name in some parts of southern ontario but i'm mostly uh known with video 99. now according to the data the 1990s introduced a cheaper and more convenient arcade-like user experience you know street fighter 2 in the arcade is cool to play Street Fighter 2 and its Turbo Edition was awesome to play unlimited at home. The 1990s also marked the final days of the arcades being a staple of the mall and of the pizza shop and the local local corner convenience store. The 1990s were amazing folks. I love going to the arcades. I love going to uh, the food courts in the mall after school and just chill and um you know game with my friends and kids from other schools uh the thing to do in toronto was to you know go to yorkdale mall go to a cineplex buy a ticket and just chill out at the arcade until the movie was about to let people in and eventually um Cineplex, they caught on to the idea of like, you know, um, you know, these kids would come to the movie theaters on a Friday night after school. They'll just buy their ticket and then they would end up going to the food court, which uh, you had like this uh, place where you can play uh, huge. There was like this huge room where you can play uh, arcade games in. They eventually got quick to the idea and they end up developing um, uh, a small arcade uh, sections in their um, in their movie theaters to you know to attract the, the youth crowd into spending um, money there while they wait for the movie to start so yeah that was a thing to do in Toronto like every Friday for like years when I was in high school you know such great times uh now this is interesting uh moving on to the final portion of the graph what will kill the console there are uh two points listed first point is um cheaper and more convenient console like user experiences on the go point number two bigger ecosystems entering um entering the video game market such as they list google apple and telcos now, to me, uh, these two points can play into uh, the death of consoles in the future, but I believe it's missing a third point. Not only do you need um, 
a cheaper, more convenient, user-like console experiences on the go. You know, a lot of people they're using their cell phones to play games. A lot of people are using their tablets to play games. So it's not just the cell phone or the tablet. It's not just having Google, Apple, or telcos come in, because the thing about Google, Apple, and telcos, they have they really don't have experience making games and to me it's all about the catalog the catalog of games that are appealing to gamers you put all those three you put those three points in um in contention then i think it will uh eventually lead us to a future where consoles will be obsolete we'll be gaming on um our tablets mobile phones maybe even our smartwatches as well. Now, you know, the first party games, going to my last point where I said, you know, to me, it's all about the catalog of games that are appealing to gamers. You know, the first party games from Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo won't probably be available at the same time via a cloud service and put on, and also on their consoles. If I'm not mistaken, um, PlayStation Now, was also available on smart TVs, but I believe Sony removed the option. So now PlayStation Now is only available on um, PlayStation consoles and Windows PC. But just because first party party uh, won't um, offer their games on the cloud and on the console at the same time doesn't mean that uh, public that their publishers such as uh, publishers such as Square Enix and Capcom won't probably enjoy the idea because um, especially since both have dabbled in cloud gaming three years ago Square Enix launched a cloud-powered Final Fantasy for Android in Japan Capcom recently revealed uh, Resident Evil 7 Cloud Edition for the Switch if the Telecoms enter the gaming infrastructure. Sorry, if the telecoms enter the gaming ecosystem and use their infrastructure to host and render and deliver games to customers, and you know attract publishers such as Square Enix, Capcom, uh, Behista, EA, and others, you know it's a whole new world right there, folks. I think. It's going to take that type of um, movement to really kill the consoles. Okay, so that um, wraps up episode 7 of Play On Gamer. Now, um, as you know, this is uh, E3 week we're heading into. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting until all the conferences wrap up before I get into um, a discussion on E3. Uh, we had some really good conferences yesterday. We had the Xbox conference. We had the EA conference, which I haven't watched. The Behesta conference, which I did watch. So I'm going to go back and watch that. And obviously today we have the PlayStation conference, which is, oh, I'm so I'm eagerly anticipating watching that conference. Unfortunately, I won't be able to watch it live. I have to go to work today. I could take the day off, but financially it's not worth it. So uh, in the week... I hope to bring you um, an episode going over the conferences this week at E3. 
Okay, so let's truly wrap up this episode of Play On Gamer. As always, you can listen to us live. We're on uh, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts. We're also on other podcast um, networks across the world. Uh, we're gaining new partnerships every day. Uh, we're also available on Google Home and on the HomePod. All you got to do is just say, hey, Google, or hey, Siri, play play on Gamer. And it should play the latest episode of Play on Gamer straight to your voice-activated devices. Okay, so this is Michael. Uh, remember, tonight is the Sony conference. I believe it's at uh, 9 or 10 Eastern Standard Time. Just um, go on the internet. You can check it out the exact times. But And I believe Nintendo is... Uh, either tomorrow that's another conference i'm eagerly anticipating the nintendo conference and the square enix uh press conference as well oh i that avengers game i i don't know i'm very excited for that avengers project that's going on at square enix okay so hopefully we get we get more um info on that in this during this week okay so let's truly wrap this up because i gotta go okay see you guys